Super Nintendos, what's happening? I am Seth Macy Remastered, and this is Nintendo Voice Chat, episode 649. This week in the studio, I am joined by fan favorite Tom Marks. Hello. This is my first time in a studio for a podcast in three years, and I'm alone. That Welcome back, Tom. Bonkers. <laughs> no, Samus is right there with Samus you. Samus is right there, just yeah. chilling, flexing <laughs> from the uh, San Francisco Pinball Museum, Sam Claiborne. Everybody, and by by the way, Seth, your master looks lovely. Uh, the, the curvier polygons than usual. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm all new, all new textures on mm-hmm. this on this bad boy right here. I feel here. like the, the headset is just popping through the screen. It's the most realistically rendered uh, headset in video gaming history. Mm-hmm. It takes all the power of the Nintendo Intelligence Engine. I don't know what that is. It's something I made up. Hey, uh, from sunny Los Angeles, I wish you were in Burbank because I think that would be just like a funnier way to introduce you. Like all the way from Burbank, Jeffrey Vega. TikTok sensation, Jeffrey Vega. Uh, Yeah, I normally am in Burbank, uh, but uh, you know, we're getting ready for some fun IGN FanFest stuff. So I'm here in the studio live. Nice. Um, do you think that it's possible next time you're recording from Burbank, you could get like a Rod Roddy sort of sparkly jacket um, that's green, like an emerald green, perhaps? Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. workshop that one. Anyway, we have a big show because we have a big review of what is um, not arguably what is factually the best game ever made. <laughs> that is Metroid. I didn't know you were such a huge fan, Seth. That's, you know, that's great uh, to hear let people in when you start at IGN and you're introduced at the morning meeting, one of the questions that is asked Mm -hmm. of you is what is your favorite game of all time? And Mm -hmm. I said, Mega Man two, because it is, (laughs) but that's because I have that in my notes. That's why I'm so confused. That's I wasn't considering how much I love Metroid prime. In fact, this week's NVC column is about how basically Metroid prime for me brought me back into gaming as a hobby because i was kind of like out of it and then some things sort of happened but sam you reviewed this game it was stealth released like immediately after the direct and uh you need so an x-ray how, visor to find it you needed it yeah you needed to hold the z <laughs> button and see whatever was glowing in uh the e-shop and then you could buy it download <laughs> it sam is it any good that's the question i mean i know a lot of people have played it i have not because we'll get to that for reasons later but yeah, it's good? better. It's better than it's ever been. Uh, I think it's improved over uh, several iterations. I love the Wii version in, in the trilogy. I thought that it fixed the the some of the control issues, and now the control issues are just completely fixed. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's the best game you could possibly play. It's in that echelon of uh, of very greatest games ever, and I'm giving it our highest score that we offer, and I'm very excited to do that. Oh, a rare double digit score for. Well, I mean, obviously. We only Metroid. give tens and and one eleven. We've given an eleven before. As a given joke. an eleven, that is a true. That is a true fact. You know, I have often heard that Citizen Kane is the Metroid Prime of movies. So, <laughs> would you say that that is? True? I believe that originated as an as an opinion article on IGN. No kidding, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. I think that's a an ancient IGN uh, insider article, but you can probably search it now. I think. Uh, uh, author Michael Thompson or that I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that's the providence of that. But yeah, um, you know, like a uh, uh, game series that we have a thing now called the Breath of the Wild moment where it's like Breath of the Wild took Zelda and kind of reintroduced it and kind of took it back to basics. Metroid Prime did that in 2002. 
um, you know, after only a couple of Metroid games, like that series was really neglected at the time. And there's been a lot of Metroid games uh, for better or for worse since. And it's kind of funny. I, I reviewed um, Return of Samus. I gave that an eight. Uh, then then Dread gave that a nine. This was just the logical progression from there. They're oh. just getting better and better. So Metroid um, Prime 4 will be an 11 then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've always loved Metroid Prime and I think it's great. But like the fact that, you know, I'm revisiting it and can't put it down and it had a, a lot of other games I'm playing right now. And I was just like mid mid playing it. I kind of went to our reviews editor. I was like, I'd really like to review this. And I think it needs to be reviewed. Um, because it feels different and fresh and wonderful. And I had so much to say about it suddenly. And uh, here we are. I mean, I, I think it's funny that, you know, this part that we're looking at right now, if you're watching the video version, looks incredible. It looks like on, you know, on par with any Switch game, as I say, my review. Uh, once you get down on that planet, man, when you're in those Talon 4 ruins and like, there's all kinds of amazing lighting going on. And I, I just can't believe the Switch is this good at looking this good, but we're this many years into it. So people know how to do it right. And I, I just, I, I'm, I've been playing Dead Space, right? That's another amazing remake. And, uh, you know, this is, this is like, I, I can't believe we're in this era where I want to play these games again, but like Metroid Prime is just a better game in its bones and it's remade in such a loving way. We're just, it, these are really fun games to compare to each other. And the Resident Evil 4 is around the corner too. Oh That's my kind God. of my other right. favorite game. Yes. Like I cannot wait. I'm, we're in such like a, a great Ugh. heyday right now for remakes. But uh, yeah, Prime, I, I can't believe this game. Who else is playing it here? That's what I was just about to ask. I'm Quiet. not yet. Oh. <laughs> Jeffrey, have you been playing Metroid Prime Remastered? I, I'm just... After hearing Sam's glowing re review of it, it only it's pushed me closer and closer to getting the eShop, but I'm trying to hold out for the physical version. Oh, yeah, I know. Ah. The physical version's cool. I'm going to let you in on a little trick. Do both. <laughs> what? Keep one well, sealed. That's, yeah. that's, I mean, I, I'm going to keep, keep the eShop one sealed. I, I bought it. <laughs> so, is it what's the, what does that mean? Just like leaving it as store credit in your account forever? Yep. Just sixty dollars of credit. <laughs> Never downloading it. And so yeah, so on. when you get so when you're on the eShop and you it's you know, you purchase something and it says thank you for, you know, buying it. Do you want to download or keep shopping? I just stay on that screen forever. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, make sure to get that screen graded so that it's worth <laughs> more money on the secondary market. Um I put that in plastic. I'm making like I, I'm joking like buy both, but that's uh, because I'm the worst. That's exactly what I did. Like I was so mm. excited after we d got done uh, filming the direct last week. I immediately downloaded Metroid Prime and I started. Well, playing. I mean, you have to remember that trilogy was incredibly hard to get soon after it was in print. Oh yeah. So well, I think there's a great legacy of keeping Metroid tr Prime games in print. That was yeah. I mean, like uh, I, I mentioned, I touched on this a little bit in my in my column, but you know, I had my copy, my game could. GameCube copy of Metroid Prime forever, like ever since I bought it. Uh, I bought it used at GameStop, but I bought it used uh, at I... Bookman's. <laughs> it's but it was like Bookman's. used, like you know, when used was like used was like forty four ninety five. Yeah, it's, that's a that's a <laughs> Tucson like... reference for those of you at home who uh, yeah, used, don't use game what and book and everything store. They even have and everything like, snacks and stuff. Yeah, it's I've great. been there actually. Was... I've, I've the one time I visited, or the couple times I visited, I've been to Bookman's. That's incredible. Yeah, the Bookman's legacy grows on, on NBC. But yeah, I held on to it forever with the idea that I was like, oh, uh, I have this, you know, 
streaming device and I could hook my Wii to it and play the GameCube version. I'll stream playing and I just never did. And I finally sold it on uh, eBay because it was in a pretty, pretty okay condition. I made like 40 bucks or something. And, uh, and I was like, oh, I, I can never, never play that again. And then they did it. They brought it back. They say, uh, tell us about the controls because I yeah, remember. So, well, here's the, in the office in the old IGN office days, like when I was first around in the office, it would have been, you know, 2008 or something like that. And, you know, Metroid Prime was a couple years old and six years old. And people were, would always argue about it and be like, no, 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 no. This is not a first person shooter. And they were saying that because they loved it. It's a first person puzzle game or a first person adventure game, but not a first person shooter. And then people that didn't like it were like, it's not a first person shooter because it doesn't have dual analog controls and it doesn't play like one. Cause you used to have to kind of, yeah. kind of stop and lock on and then strafe. It was, it was this interact. It had the GameCube controller had two sticks. It just didn't use them like other things did where right. you could aim separately than walk. Um, and so this game just completely puts in modern controls, which is like, yes, you can lock onto things, but you can also just look around. It just, Right off the bat, it just feels like you're playing a Halo game or something. Any yep. game, your first person shooter, Call of Duty, whatever. It, it is it is using those controls, um, and so I, you know, I'm reevaluating it now without all that background hum, which I never really weighed in on. I was just like, why is everybody arguing about this? Like, I'm just trying to write a strategy guide here, and everybody's shouting behind me. <laughs> That's what it was like, and now I'm like, well, this is like, I mean, it's it's the one of the best campaigns for. You know, a single player first person shooter ever, yeah. Um, easily, like it's just there's just no question, and, and it's it, it's because it's you know, because it plays like a first person shooter now, you can say that, but like I love Halo 3, um, everybody mm. loves Half Life 2, um, I, and so like now I'm like thinking of like what are the big campaigns that that are that match up with this, and there's very few, it's fun to put it in that, that echelon, you know, Wolfenstein games are really incredible, but what also like sets this game apart from all those is like you don't have a single point of dialogue in, in this game or conversation yeah. Yeah. Or, or a person telling you how to, you know, look left and right and like try pulling the trigger now, chief. Like there, there, nothing is happening like that. <laughs> it's throwing you behind a helmet and you are alone through the whole game. And sometimes you read about, you know, some of the background stuff. Sometimes you, you know, the planet is developed as this other basically living character um, in more ways than one. And yeah. uh, I love that about it. Like, I love that it's like, it's taking single player to such an extreme. And of course the second one put in like kind of a ham-fisted multiplayer. And then now everybody oh, plays yeah. these giant multiplayer games like Destiny, which are also, you know, incredible first person shooters. Mm-hmm. Fortnite and something like that is a third person shooter. But like, there's, there's all kinds of games that people are playing, but like, this is a, if you're playing by yourself and like, you want to feel like you're wearing a helmet and, and you're not, yeah. it, it, you know, it's like, this is like, it's an incredibly immersive campaign so and single good. player there's nothing like it there's just oh nothing my god like it. i cannot wait to to replay it again now that i'm through with my review but yeah um i i you mentioned like it there's no dialogue at all and i think like that is just something that maybe games have forgotten about how powerful that can be like if this had if this were made now by like sony there'd be like a little robot inside your head that'd always be like i mean if it was quicks. made by team ninja 10 years ago there would be a uh, some kind of robot in your head all the time saying, talk, and you'd be talking about the baby the whole the whole game. <laughs> this has not worked out well for Metroid when they've added a bunch of stuff uh, and yeah. characterization and stuff in the past. So, oh, man, well, and, the atmosphere and, is just so good. And to what you were saying, Sam, about like you know the debate back then about whether it's a first person shooter or not. Obviously, the new controls recontextualizes that conversation a little bit, but. 
in the dialogue thing as well, I, I think one of the reasons that you could even have that kind of sort of conversation initially is because Prime is so interesting because it really, you talked about it being an evolution of what Metroid was, right? It really didn't feel like they were trying to make a first person shooter campaign, quote unquote. It just felt like mm -hmm. they were making what Metroid was yeah, in 3D. True. And because yeah. Samus has a gun, you had a gun, right? Like it, mm -hmm. and, and I think that well, that, that, is... that explained also to back up your argument, it's the morph ball in third person, which I, I know a bunch of people are probably right. gritting their teeth about, why aren't they mentioning this? Like, yeah, a big part of this game is in a complete completely different view. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and yeah, so I, I think that, it, you know, you think back to the original 2D Metroids or the early ones, those basically didn't have any dialogue either, right? That you just sort of were dropped mm. into a map yeah. and you got exactly. a little bit of, a, of an impetus and then you explored. And I, I love that. I love that about this game too. And I, I agree. I think it's a powerful tool that not enough games sort of utilize. Yeah, well, yeah. and maybe it's not worth repeating. Like, we sure. can have movies that aren't like any other movies. Can we have games that are, are like that? Like, that's what makes me a little bit concerned for Metroid Prime 4. Like, 2 and 3 are more good stuff, and you can make a good game, but, like, you know, you kind of exhaust your resources in a character that's silent, mm -hmm. or you don't make the character silent anymore. And there is a great moment in Dread where the silence is broken in a really clever way. And so that that is an example that gives me heart about Metroid Prime Four. Like, oh, maybe there's life left because I I, I have no ill feelings about Dread this far on too. I I love that game. That game's incredible, yeah. and it, it took you know Metroid to new two D ish. Heights, because again, it's a mixture of 2D and 3D. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, man, Metroid Prime Remastered. If you've never played it and you want to play one of the best games of all time, go on the eShop, buy two copies, right, Jeffrey? One that you can, uh, yes, you can keep, <laughs> and one that you can play. Seth, really, they just you commit to that. <laughs> Just play the game, damn it. Um, it's funny, we, we're talking about you know the arguments of what it was, but I actually came across an IGN article that was a preview of this where they were saying, is this a first person action game in quotes? Mm. Because like there was no vocabulary for a yeah. first person game that wasn't a first person shooter in a lot of the same way that first person shooters used to just be called Doom clones because we didn't right. have- That's exactly the, right. Sure. Yeah, but I actually we we have examples like Portal is an example of a game where yeah. it's like you do a lot of first person shooting, but you're shooting. You know what's the difference? Well, there is a right. difference. You know, it is kind of and there's a lot of first person puzzle games now that you don't even shoot it. You know, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, you think like almost every game is first person or third person, like over the shoulder now. But hey, there it there is. It is. Is Metroid Scoop. a first person adventure? Wow, Red is on. So if you scroll fire. down, does it answer the question? Uh, I don't we, think so. We editorial-minded uh, people would have very much appreciated if people answered their questions with their when that when there's a question in a headline. Right. That is a that is a good uh, <laughs> a good piece of advice for anyone writing out there. Answer the question. Yeah. Your question. If your headline is a question, but um, hey, I, actually... I have a tip for people when they're playing. For one thing oh. that's that's not in their uh, U.S. versions of Prime is that you can turn on. It's very slight. But you can turn on narration, um, which was in the European and Japanese versions. It, it's just a, usually a person saying like, "You're on the surface of Talon Four. Like it's just, really? it's just it meant, but like it wasn't in there. What? Before. I'm like, no. I'm a Metroid Prime nerd. Like I will experience every part of this game. <laughs> that is that is I, some Blade Runner studio meddling, if I've ever heard of it. 
So they add that <laughs> no in. talking in this game. Get Harrison Ford to do VO. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. And then the other thing I would recommend is like the sound is redone and remixed. But you know, we we all there's classic music in this game that people love. It hasn't been touched. It's, it's all good. But the remix um, or new televisions or whatever the case. I was playing this game originally on a cube crt you know yeah like, hell yeah it's funny to think about what it was with like that green volume display that would go up that eternal darkness <laughs> drift on um but uh i uh uh now what's really lovely about this game especially with headphones is uh you, there's this when you're playing and you're trying to go for 100 we should absolutely do because like the meat of this game is in secrets just like super mario brothers just like the legend of zelda this game is about secrets that are hidden and one of the coolest things is audio cues for those secrets there's this wow wow really? like sound when you're near an item um and you can be in a room with like no indication that there's a secret in there but all of a sudden you're next to a wall and you hear that and you you, you just start it's it's just an amazing puzzle solving tip um, and, and, and in the game, it's just, it, it's a really cool aspect of it. So, I, so, you know, when you're thinking about the graphics and the controls and stuff, like also like give, give a thought to the sound that, and the thought that went into that in this game too. It's really neat. I have one more question then. Uh, are there secrets or, or any bonuses that weren't in the original? Only in, only in the, um, the galleries, there's like extra gallery okay. stuff. And then there's the extra options. I actually have a, I made a page in our guide in our strategy guide about all the differences. So you can definitely all check that out. It's it's live, you can read that. My review isn't isn't quite up yet, but we expect maybe it'll be up by the time this episode. So y'all are getting a little preview here, Ooh, which is fun. But uh, yeah, I put that up and that accounts listeners. for those differences. Um, there's, uh, I've beaten it in, I don't wanna spoil some of this stuff. So like I've beaten it in like two of the ways that matter to see extra stuff. And those have been okay. the same, but like you unlock a different mode that you did in the original one too. That yeah. I haven't played through it. I'm not sure how long it'll take me to get through it. It's very difficult. Um, so that's happening. Um, and like, by the way, like the ending of this game is really interesting and cool because Samus was, and I'm, I will skirt, or I don't know, like Samus is a woman, first of all, like we can talk about that, right? But in the end spoiler of every, for the original every, 1986 every Metroid. Metroid. Yeah, every Metroid <laughs> game uh, shows Samus in the end of the game in different ways based on how you beat it, right? And this game did that. And then, and the, then Smash Brothers Melee hit. And then the other two games on the GameCube hit and Zero Mission. Um, and they changed what Samus looked like uh permanently and so i don't i it's really interesting to see the end of this and what they did with it let me just leave it there i'll tease the end of this game because like i was just really happy with like how, how what what they did and like uh, it's it, it's it's kind of shocking it's cool yeah i'm uh i'm so so excited to start well to continue playing this because uh i have time now this is me segueing into yeah, you played next the segment. world's longest game I played, uh, I reviewed Octopath Traveler 2. Some uh, Devin Vias in the Facebook group was asking if I was going to review it. And I was like, I don't know who's going to review it. <laughs> but it was me. I reviewed it. I reviewed the first one uh, back almost five years ago, which is crazy. Uh, I, re I loved the first one so much. And I was completely taken by everything about it. The second one is very much the same game with uh, better stories and the uh i don't know if it would be too much of a spoiler uh i'm gonna hold my nose up like this if you think this is a spoiler 
or excuse me, I'm going to hold my hand up to the side of my face like this. And when I take it down, the spoiler's over. The final boss is the hardest boss battle I've ever done in my entire video gaming hobby career. And it was brutal. And I almost didn't beat the game. And when that's, I finally did, that's it hard when you're a reviewer. I, I, I have a lot of sympathy for that. It's very yeah. scary when you get in a position where you're like, what if I can't beat this game? I've always done it though. But it's, yeah, that's terrible. It's a terrible feeling. Well, I'll, I'll put it like this. I, I was at the final encounter in um, on Sunday. And I was like, oh, this will be easy. And you know, I woke up early, had my coffee. And I was like, yeah, I'll just bang this out. And uh, I think it was around one o'clock yesterday when I messaged <laughs> Tom and Dan. I was like, I did it. <laughs> so did Seth, it. was was battery life this boss's biggest attack? Yes, it was. Uh, it was a. It, that's its mega attack. It's nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine damage, uh, battery drain. But yeah, uh, my review should be up. That's why this episode was delayed a little bit because the embargo is uh, on Japanese time, so it's one a.m. Pacific. But like, look, at the end of the day, I really liked this game, but it didn't change anything particularly interesting i mean there's a couple of new ways to like move around the map well there's excuse me there's one new way to move around the map and the stories are better and they connect better and the 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 areas are denser there's more to them but at the same time on the switch at least they took some of the effects that i liked from the first one like uh the snowfields had like all this amazing sparkling effect on the original one that's not there anymore so uh yeah i'm giving it a, i'm giving it a seven so. There's 16 paths now. That's crazy. Is, <laughs> is there, if my math is right, so did you did you play Live Alive? Uh, Live Alive was, uh, I have Live Alive. I have okay. not played Live Alive. I'm wondering, Life. like, now I know they're different games and different series, but the remake kind of has this aspect and it has multiple paths and, like, there's similarities. Um, I'm wondering, like, how Live Alive, Octopath, and Octopath 2 all, like, you know, match up with each other in terms mm. of quality, because Live Alive, I played Octopath and I played Live Alive and I loved Live Alive. Like I think yeah. that game was up there with my game of the year for last year. Oh wow! wow. So I, I don't know whether I can go back to Octopath now. I yeah, it's I was the opposite. Ahead, I did not like Live Alive. <laughs> Whoa, I gave really? up. I gave up on Live Alive about three stories in. Yeah. I you would, loved Octopath, right? No, I didn't really like Octopath either. Okay, well, then. <laughs> I, I liked maybe to be clear, maybe takes Tom advice on different games. I yeah, I mean, I think this game, I think I think this structure is just not something that super interests me because like the it's impossible to or I mean it's very easy to deny, but I don't I, the graphics in both of those games and all three of these games are great, right? The style yeah. is wonderful. The combat systems in, in Octopath, I, I love that combat system it's really really good um the thing that didn't i didn't like about live alive the stories didn't interest me it just really felt like it was still like a very old game at its core and i just like couldn't click with me and mm. i don't blame anyone for enjoying it or don't you know enjoy what you want I to feel enjoy. blamed it just condemned it just didn't I condemn I you condemn anyone it, it, it's just like it just didn't click with me the octopath problem was that i didn't like that each of the characters were so disconnected from one another. It felt like I was playing eight different RPGs yes. at once. And so it I sounds just... like it resolved that in this game. Well, it eventually it does. Like I make the joke, uh, you know, hour 30 is when it really starts. To <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You know, that's not, that's not entirely true, but you do, they do come together in a 
in a way that kind of makes sense and there's some clues while you're playing as to like mm-hmm. what's going to play out at the end sure but man it uh i thought i was done with this game like three times Whoa. and then i was like oh no there's more there's there's more to it and i enjoyed it and i will say like if you are a fan of of of, uh, of spreadsheets and making them you're gonna really like octopath traveler 2 has to offer because an accountant's jrpg it's an accountant's jrpg because you got to put in formulas like some parentheses and then no that's not none of that is true (laughs) but uh the systems are just like really complex but you kind of if you take that sort of analytical mindset uh that you're just like figuring out what complements what it it's really rewarding especially when you do like kind of crack that code like i will say the the and this isn't a spoiler, but the final boss fight, it overwhelmed me the first time because I just couldn't figure out there was so there's so much happening that I couldn't like get my head around it until mm-hmm. uh, after like try eight, I got out my notebook and I wrote down like a plan of action. Wow. And I followed through on that plan. Like I gave it thought. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm just going to throw something against the wall. Like I, I had to actually really think. Is this your basic like turn-based RPG? It's a turn-based RPG. It's like a 16, you know, it's like every, Mm -hmm. every JRPG that was on, on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Like it's turn-based. I know that about the game. I'm just specifying the final boss. Like you still had to figure that out because you had to be like, who's healing who, who's using the skill then. Yeah. It's all about like, like it's resource management. It's about mm-hmm. making sure like the skills are, everyone has are balanced. It's making sure that you're like paying attention to the biggest threat at that exact moment, but also thinking like two steps ahead so that you can be ready for when you do have that chance open up. It's like, it's crazy. And could you go like kill ogres in a forest for like two, you know, 48 hour periods and then come back and be fine though? Uh, no, actually you can't. I thought I could, because that's the, you know, with every, almost every day, like that's how I beat final fantasy six, which has, you know, y- your whole team is there and you think you're done, but it goes to the next level. Then it goes to, like Kefka is like three screens tall at the yeah, end of that. I love Spoilers that. for that. But like I was, you know, I think I had actually um, accidentally uncovered that glitch where you get unlimited items. So I was like super powered. I had all the best stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just, yeah, I just was able to power through it. This one, I I was like, you know what? I'm just going to grind and grind and grind and get as high a level as I can. And the after I did that and I leveled up a lot, I went back and on my first attempt after leveling, I died before <clears throat> I even got through like three rounds of the battle. And I was like, okay, this, this isn't going to work. I have to, I have to figure this out. And that's, you know, and that's what I did. Thank you. Thank God. Well, after all of that, Jeffrey, did I sell you on Octopath Traveler 2 or what? I, well, I'm actually still thinking of Live Alive because I've only heard perfect things about that. And when Tom mentioned that it wasn't for him, I, the world started spinning and I was like, wait, maybe this game is real and that it can't, it does have a weakness. Um, (laughs) And now I'm like, here, I, I just like, I don't know if these games are for me, but I haven't tried them i know you can get a demo of octopath can i just play the okay. second one or should i play the first one first there's no there's no connection like it doesn't matter like they're only connected by sort of but if one's better system. than the other seth do you would you make a call which one you'd play at this point 
I would play the second one because it is, cool. it is a All refinement right. of the first one. Now, yeah. you know, people are going to be like, well, why did you review the hot first one so highly? And the second one you gave a seven to, which is obviously we know the worst score that a game can get. Oh, no. But <laughs> because the first one was like absolutely novel and new and we didn't have this sort of uh, art style. And now it's like kind of everywhere. But yeah. yeah. So. Well, that's that's a really good point, too. The art style with, with the first Octopath was one of its selling points. And now that art style yeah. has been used on a lot triangle strategy it's been used on yep. live alive right it's been a lot more places we got a dragon quest remake right. coming up the same yeah and, and, oh my god i'm so excited for that and that yeah, that too. sequel thing is really interesting because it happens i feel like it happens more frequently than than people realize right like the, one of my go-to's is uh, valkyria chronicles is one of my favorite games of all time valkyria chronicles 4 because the middle two two and three were on handheld and they were kind of different um Valkyria Chronicles 4, like, refines the gameplay of that game so much in so many smart ways. But the first one, I think, is such a better story that, like, it's tricky to recommend mm. because it's like, well, the sec the fourth one really does a lot of things better in terms of actually playing the game. But, like, I like the first one so much more. So, like, which one do you recommend? It it's That happens Clearly a lot. Clearly, you have to get that first game remade. That's, what, that's the solution. Oh, there you go. You gotta there remaster is. it. Also, if you haven't played Valkyria Chronicles, Valkyria Chronicles is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I will say, is, I like. Is there a remake or remaster of that? I don't. There is. Uh, I a, have it. There's a remake of or remaster of Valkyria Chronicles of the first one. I'm almost certain because I have it on. Maybe, maybe I'm misremembering on PS Store. I'm or something? Almost certain it's on. I have it on Steam. Like I was gonna play it on my Steam Deck. It, it is like on Steam. Cool Steam I don't guy. know if that's a remaster though. I think they just re-released. Well. It. Well, nuts to you. I well, it's say. widescreen in this image. That's remastered, right? Because yeah. wasn't it as a PS1 game? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, it was so not PS1. I, okay. So I don't it was, remember it which it PS3 first came out on. I think it was PS3. Oh, okay. It's a cool game. Is, who knows? It's yeah. one of the only strategy RPGs that really clicked with me, and it's it's really neat, and I Super like it. Super good. But yeah. Jeffrey, so you're not a JRPG kind of guy? I just, I, it's... It's new to me. I, I've never, I don't have anything against it. I just like, it, it's so, it's very, I don't, I don't know if I'm speaking for a, a lot of the fans of uh, NBC, but it's just like, I don't know where to begin. And everyone's okay. like, oh, Chrono Trigger. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Chrono Trigger is, I was going to say Final Fantasy VI, but. Um, Both good choices. I don't know yeah. if, if you've never played and you're like, you've progressed in your life this much. I don't yeah. know if it's going to, because like a big thing. I, for I still me, think Chrono Trigger is accessible and easy to get into. Yeah. Versus, I, think I think Final Fantasy VI is a better game, but I don't, I wouldn't recommend it over Chrono Trigger. Yeah. I think Chrono Speaking of separate stories best. though, I mean, it's, it, that's the prototype for this stuff. It really is. Oh mm. yeah, man. Mm. Nah, remaster that. I want yeah, to be able to that, play that, that right pixel now. perfect remake. Good coming out Lord, for the love of God. <laughs> yeah. Hey Jeffrey, I do know what you do like, and that's red carpets. Oh, <laughs> What? you're That's always right. on them you're like uh you were yeah. at a red carpet recently could you tell us about it yeah i was uh uh you know if you follow uh, ign on social which i know everyone you listening should. and watching is um is uh we are invited to a lot of red carpets for uh movies and tv shows but last night i actually went to a red carpet that i've never ever been to and that was a red carpet for a theme park wow. uh that's right uh, I, IGN was invited to the uh, red carpet for Super Nintendo World, which is opening oh, at Universal Studios Hollywood this uh, Friday. So now, um, and uh, if happening? you're watching uh, the video, is that the solid uh, gold dancers. 
<laughs> you're watching the video, you are seeing people dressed as Mario Kart uh, pit crew racers and holding Mario Kart steering wheels and lightsabers for some reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, we, uh, we got to uh, kind of go to the grand opening uh, kind of celebration. And the biggest, absolute, most wonderful thing that I could probably say in my entire life was that I saw for the first time with my own eyes, Mr. Miyamoto himself. No way! He was there. Oh, he was, man. He was in per He came out and he hung out with Mario and Luigi and Princess Peach, these like real characters that were on stage. And uh, they had, uh, they live translated his excitement for it. And he was just like, this is incredible. Like the first time, an, uh, the first time a Nintendo theme park in the US. And it was just truly such a wonderful moment where it's like, wow, I'm, because we're inside the park. Uh, which is just a small section of Universal Studios Hollywood near um, uh, the Jurassic World ride, if you're familiar. Um, also very funny because like uh, we didn't really get to talk to many celebrities, but we did see a lot of them. Uh, and uh, after we did the Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge ride, um, you kind of go exit through the gift shop. And uh, I saw Chris Pratt there, who is, as you know, the voice of Mario. Um, <laughs> He's always wanted to play Mario. Yeah. And oh, and if you're watching the video here, uh, this is my uh, video recording uh, for TikTok, uh, where this is the actual moment where the park opens. They have the three, two, one Mario Kart cool. countdown. And I was holding A, and I did sort of burn my engine oh, at nice. the beginning. And then uh, there was just fireworks everywhere. Bowser lit up. Uh, the fireworks that's scary. They were very scary. Yes, it was very loud. I'm glad there's no audio because it would burn so your head. So we haven't reported on this yet, but you were there in person. So you got to hear the little bit of news that Mr. Miyamoto dropped, which is that Metroid Wait. Prime 4 is being canceled again. <laughs> I, it was so he was met with booze like I've never heard. Um, uh, but uh, actually, it is it is funny. Uh, they did drop a little bit of news uh, at that that uh, they are they did announce that Super Nintendo World will be opening at Universal Studios Orlando, uh, which they did say is the kind of biggest worst kept secret ever. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you know, wherever you're listening to this, if you're on the East Coast, uh, you'll be able to go to Super Nintendo. That's World. me. Um, that's Seth I'm Macy. On the East Coast. Is that where they're Ooh. gonna have like the Donkey Kong ride? They didn't mention that. I'm really hoping that they build enough space because I can't stress enough how small this park is. I mean, the video that you're uh, watching is that is the entire park. I mean, it, really? when you enter through hmm. Princess Peach's castle, uh, it is just you see everything. But it, it is very wonderful. Like it is. Such a wonderful place. Like, you, you absolutely must go if you're a Nintendo fan, obviously. Um, and uh, it was really cool to uh, kind of be in this kind of, like... It's weird because, like, there's influencers there, there's celebrities there, and then there's just, like, me and my coworker. <laughs> I mean, we're IGN, but it's, like, kind of, like, we're in the press area, and it's just kind of covering that. And uh, it's just really funny. Like, like, I cannot make this up, but after we walked out of the gift shop... I saw Seth Green and Chance the Rapper taking a picture with a with a question block. Like it's just what? you can't That's make like that up. A, you know, E three has always been like that too. They're just like, well, why is Conan O'Brien walking Mr. around here? All this stuff is very funny. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, um, and Miyamoto was there. It was also really really cool to hear his translator in person because it's just like, wow, you're the guy from the Nintendo Direct. <laughs> like hearing your very Trinity? soft spoken voice. No. Um, oh, uh, I I, I'm, I'm blanking is. on his name. Uh, but uh, I'm just going by who I'm seeing on stage, unless Bill Trinan was off stage or something. Uh, oh no, oh, no it was, um, he is he is right out. out. He's right in front of Luigi in the video. Oh, um, okay, okay. Didn't I am um, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, it was very great. Um, he, he kind of said a little like, hello, Hollywood in English. And then uh, he spoke Japanese for it. And he was just so excited. Like he, he's just like, what a dream. It was fun to work with Universal. And it's really fun. And, and it is going to be open on Friday the 17th so, to the public. And you can just go. And, is it just an annex can... of Universal? Uh, like yeah, it's just it is. by the Universal theme park? It's very, so it's inside the theme park. So, you, you know, you get admission to Super okay. Nintendo World with your, you know, Universal Studios uh, ticket or pass or whatever. Cool. Um, I think they might do a reservation system cause, to control crowds because I can't stress enough how small it is. It's very, <laughs> it can be crowded very easily. Um, but uh, I know we've talked about Super Nintendo World on NVC already, but uh, truly my favorite part was the food. Like, it just the food oh. is so great. I don't like mushrooms. There's mushroom-themed food. It was still good. It's it, it's magic. It's the Nintendo magic. Oh, I love mushrooms. Um, is, there, is there a good vegetarian fare? Uh, there, there is not that many vegetarian options, unfortunately, but the vegetarian option is a kind of a capreggi kind of piranha plant salad that's shaped like a piranha plant, which is very fun. Uh, it's very, it has pesto yeah, the, the in mushrooms it. are actually made of beef. <laughs> this is no this portobello is, burger, which is weird. This is no, the really? first time. Such a miss. I love this. This is genuinely the first time in my life I have ever considered whether a super mushroom actually tastes like portobello or whether it tastes mm. like something else. I've never, mm. ever thought about that. Really? No, I never That's thought about a super mushroom like tasting earthy. That doesn't make sense nope. to me. It's bright red. Or is it being big. eaten or is it being absorbed? Yeah, yeah. that too. It's crazy because I'm always thinking like, man, I bet doozer sticks tasted so good. But that's also nobody gets the Fraggle Rock reference that I just made. But I, I seriously think they must have been delicious. So they they do um, have at the uh, Toadstool Cafe, you know, Chef Toad's cooking up a storm there, and they do have garlic knots that are shaped like yeah. kind of a one-up mushroom. Uh, they, those unfortunately were not good. I'm going to be real with you. The do not get the garlic knots there. They were specifically prepared away. by the chef for us because they knew it would be filmed and stylized, and it was not good. So that that says all you need to know. Everything else, though, the I food is amazing. I don't think garlic knots are good. They're just they're just Whoa. kind of like too much dough versus garlic always. I like them when they're like super garlicky, but that's so rare. Yeah, yeah. interesting. You should get the Domino's ones, man. They nobody <laughs> should ever say that. No way, man. Domino's rules. <laughs> Domino's are, wow. So. I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a legitimate fan. Of, I love Pizza Hut. I love Domino's. I like cheap, let's face it, bad pizza too. It has its place, but Domino's. <laughs> Look, oh, when you're in college, Little Caesars, five ninety nine meal. Five dollar <laughs> hot, hot and ready's. There. I don't know if hot. Do you think hot and ready is still five bucks? It's, it's actually six dollars now, which I know. What that I had the hell? <laughs> Has anyone checked on the Arizona iced teas? <laughs> I think I think actually the head of Arizona iced tea said that their like tall cans would like always be ninety nine cents no matter what. They committed. Oh, they really? they doubled down on that recently. Yeah. Good. I'm a big fan of. In fact, I have some Arizona iced tea swag around here. But that's not Nintendo <laughs> at all. Uh, Jeffrey, did you pay the quarter to look through the curtain and just see Mr. Miyamoto sitting there on his throne? I heard that. <laughs> I uh, I did not. Uh, I only had a, a coin that I got from a question block, uh, so oh. it did not fit through the uh, quarter slot. Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't exchange those for dollars. There's a embargo or something between the United States and there's uh, the there's Kingdom. well there's a Koopa there and and he does currency stuff, but it was closed for the celebration. Oh, oh yeah. man, I, that's that's such a bummer. But so. Uh, <laughs> You did the red carpet. Uh, are you gonna now just like go back on your own and just like explore the the majesty, or do you think yeah. like it's a one and done kind of thing? 
I, uh, I, so I have an annual pass to Universal Studios because I live five minutes nice. away from it. Um, <laughs> shout out to LA and how expensive it is to live here. Um, but so I will go back. However, I think that once you go there once, you're good. Um, okay. You don't, it's not, it's, it doesn't have the kind of, re, <laughs> I want to say replayability. Replayability. Replayability <laughs> of, of, of Disneyland or, or California Adventure. I love Universal Studios so much. But it's like, I would probably just go there for the food. But once you do Mario Kart, the ride is so fun. Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge, you know, it's the one yeah. in Japan. And uh, it's an AR game. You're using your head to aim your shells. You you get like 40 shells instead of like three or one. Um, and it's a very fun ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's very fun. But like, it's truly it's truly a novelty. It's just like, a wow, I can't believe I'm here. Great picture opportunities. Uh, you can take pictures with Peach and Luigi and Mario. But uh, uh, I will definitely, I feel like when I go there, it will be like taking people there. Because I'm like, okay. oh, I already, so I've done enough. it. Yeah. One thing that yeah. stresses me out about Super Nintendo World is that there's a gift shop with a bunch of like cool stuff in it. And I'm worried Ooh. there's like unique stuff in it. And I worry that unique stuff is expensive. And then also that it will, that will be the stuff that changes. Like six months from now, the stuff in the gift shop might be very different. Or the gift shops. I'm sure there's multiple. Um, oh, there's a, if you're watching, there's a video of my coworker Ben and I uh, on the ride, uh, which we, which by the way, on the ride you can lose. So it's it's all Mario and his friends versus Bowser and all of his children. You know, Roy's there too, mm -hmm. and uh, you Real can lose. Uh, you mm -hmm. can. It will say Bowser wins or Mario wins, and I lost. Wow, both it's got times. the Koopa kids. Yeah. Oh yeah, Koopa kids are there. Lemmy, and I did hit them a lot. Wendy. Wendy O. Koopa. Iggy. <laughs> Iggy. Uh, uh, Morton. Downey <laughs> Koopa. <laughs> um, I will say, though, Sam, uh, uh, with the merch, there are exclusive items there at the 1UP Factory store. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, Ooh. like, keychains. There's, like, obviously themed with the park name, so, like, that's kind of exclusive just by design. Uh, but I will say they have been selling the merch. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, this video. Uh, this oh, is the one that. I was oh, most excited God, for. Ooh, I like that it's, so much. Yeah, it's a it's a Yoshi stacking game. What a great way to get all of the Yoshi that colors so in one go wow, for your desk. That's so I think that was like cool. Yeah, it's like 35 bucks. Um they've been selling this merch for months before the park opens and I've never seen it sell out. So hopefully it stays that way. Um but like all I this I saw in Japan that they have like Famicom themed like retro oh. stuff. Was there any Ooh. retro themed items like that, like old packaging or anything like that? The Famicom stuff in the Jap Japan park looks incredible. Yeah, I did not see any Famicom stuff, uh, which is kind of a. Uh, well, that makes uh, sense. But is there any NES stuff, like any like old school? Uh, like not not particularly. Stuff? It was it was very much kind of modern, kind of like the kind of two okay. D Mario R, and then like everything Mario Kart related. Uh, sure. Nothing too super like out of the ordinary. Where it was like, oh, this is. Uh, something I should immediately buy. Wow. Cool. I'm excited. I'm excited for it to open up in Orlando because I am an East Coaster and everyone in Maine thinks Florida is the world's most beautiful and majestic place. So I'll just <laughs> head right down there. Also, real quick, uh, Sam, thank you for loaning your jacket to Benny for uh, for that segment. I don't think that was a Wrangler, though. You got to watch, you gotta watch the video. But uh, do you know what time it is? It's time for uh, direct to Cam from me, your host, Seth Macy. Today, I'm going to be talking about Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime Remastered is an incredible update to what I consider the best damn video game of all time in its very existence. The fact that we have it now and it's not some cheap GameCube ROM running on an open source Dolphin emulator with up-res textures tells me Nintendo's big 
holiday game for 2023 is Metroid Prime 4. And yes, I realize I am contradicting myself wildly against statements I've made in the past, specifically on this show, but hear me out. Yes, I have said multiple times, I think Metroid Prime 4 is going to be a launch game for the next Nintendo console, but I'm not too proud to admit when I'm wrong or when I'm just making stuff up because I have an unexplained feeling in my gut. No, Metroid Prime is not going to be a launch title for the next Nintendo Switch. Metroid Prime 4 is going to be Nintendo's big holiday 2023 release, a wonderful <sighs> end to the final big year of Nintendo's monstrously successful hybrid console. So listen, Metroid Prime Remaster, we've heard about it forever, and it's uh, there's been very popular but ultimately silly rumors about uh, Nintendo had a secret vault, the hidden bunker under the sea where the trilogy remaster was being held in a hyperbaric chamber guarded by the Lord of the Sea, King Neptune himself. Those rumors were obviously dumb and wrong because Nintendo hit us with the one-two punch of announcement slash release of the original game remaster. And what a remaster. It looks like it was built from the ground up to take advantage of the Switch hardware, and I'm 101% certain it was built using the existing Metroid Prime 4 engine as a proof of concept, but also a little a little amuse-bouche for we hungry Metroid heads. But more to the point, Nintendo said it doesn't have much to show at E3 for the second half of the year. But guess what, nerds? They didn't show Metroid Dread at E3. That was because there was not an E3 that year. But shut up. I am on a roll here. They announced it in June out of nowhere, released it in October. Well, friends, I see a similar situation playing out this year. Metroid rules. Everybody knows that. But to pay X trillions of dollars for a Metroid-themed E3 booth just doesn't make economic sense. It's a great game, but it doesn't sell the same as your Mario's or your Zelda's or whatnot. But perhaps most damning of all, is before the Direct, I did some Google Foo, and I found three different listings on Walmart.com for Metroid Prime 4, priced at $59.99, $89.99, and $129.99. Those listings, by the way, they only showed on Google, and they 404'd when I clicked through to them, but come on. Standard, special, and collector's editions much? So I am going on the record here and now with absolutely no risk to my reputation or well-being and declaring that Nintendo's Black Friday bundle for 2023 will be a Switch with Mario Kart packed in and its holiday game for 2023 will be Metroid Prime 4. And let's open the floor to discussion. I think a Switch with Mario Kart bundled in is the safest prediction any human has ever made <laughs> besides maybe yeah. the sun will come up tomorrow. Hey, Seth, I, uh, so at the end of Metroid Prime uh, Remastered, you can watch the credits. And by the way, the credits do not include the original uh, creator's credits from the previous games. I actually put those in our uh, our wiki guide and looking for oh, nice. the review to kind of uh, preserve that and, and give credit where to. But uh, uh, the credits are interesting because they actually show, I don't know, a dozen studios that aren't Retro, really? there's retro credits, there's NOA and Nintendo credits, and then there's just a bunch of third parties, like a ton of them. Um, and they had to say like the studio and they say a bunch of names. Studio, okay. bunch of names. So and these are all studios that are working way, on Metroid Prime 4. Well, well, there, there's a couple ways to read this. One is that they've come up with a really clever way to, you know, multi-source assets to do a game. 
um, that's not being made at R&D one or whatever internally at Nintendo. That's cool, right? Because that means they can make more games. Now, it's not working yeah. very well for Ubisoft, who hasn't put out a game in like 10 years, I think. Uh, and they have, they're <laughs> doing the same thing. But, uh, uh, but for Nintendo, that's interesting. The other thing it's saying is like, what is Core Retro working on? Because only a few people are credited at Core Retro for this. So this oh, wouldn't have like very you know, taken a bunch of time uh, away from Metroid Prime 4. Those are my tinfoil hat total conspiracy interpretations of the credits. Well, everything that I said is not a conspiracy. It is based on fact, um, <laughs> investigative journalism by like some very tenuous uh, Google searching well, and just a feeling that I have right here. So so here's a, que- here's a follow-up question I have to that because the Google thing is really interesting. What's the earliest you've ever seen a listing like that for a game before it came out? Like, have you seen uh, stuff for that? For that, for like Starfield three years ago? You know what I mean? Like... All right. That is a good question. I don't think that I've ever seen something like that. Uh, We've definitely seen games get pre-orders that last for years and years and years. Right. Like that's right. Been, right. Well, but that's a little different. Before. Metroid Prime Four is like remains one of the most pre-ordered games that IGN Commerce has ever. But that's also because it's been pre-orderable since two thousand what seventeen yeah. or eighteen yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. So. Um, Man, I can't wait for that game to come out. That's going to be a big day for us. I think I think it's <laughs> but, a it's a it's a fun theory. I think that yeah. It, I mean, I found that stuff right before the direct, and me and Altano were like, "Oh my god, dude, they're going to announce Prime Four today!" <laughs> oh my, we we're like so stoked. Like Brian's like getting his like all his you know retailers open so he could like pre-order it right there, right then and there. But yeah, here's, I, I, here's my main counterpoint to that. Mm-hmm. I think that their holiday game for 2023. But, okay is going to be the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom just released Uh, again and it will make as much money again you know i mean that's like that's a safer bet sure (laughs) um yeah they're probably putting it out six months later again same game and everyone will buy it again (laughs) i yeah i i i I, 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 go ahead jeffrey i i do i have another follow-up question for you seth because i'm thinking about Super Mario 3D All-Stars, how we got Super Mario 64, we got Super Mario Sunshine, and we got Super Mario Galaxy 1, and we didn't get 2. Do you think that we'll get Metroid Prime 2 and 3 remastered before this holiday extravaganza you so uh, clearly believe? Mm. Based on nothing at all, other than (laughs) the fact that we did not get Galaxy 2 for some reason, I'm going to say that we're never going to get Metroid Prime 2 and 3 remastered and we're only going to hear about it for the rest of time as something that is ready to go. And Nintendo just ke- keeps it in the, they accidentally, it fell behind the fridge. They kept it on top of the fridge and it's so hard to get back there. There's like cat fur and they just don't want to deal with it. Right now. If like those games got remastered, I would really like them to get the, not the dead space treatment, but the Resident Evil two mm. and three treatment where they get overhauled. Mm. Because, yes. Um, there's just some issues with them. And I think they're, they would be reluctant to put out two with the multiplayer left out and i don't think they should put in the, the split screen multiplayer and like because people will just complain about that even though they don't really want yeah. it because it's not <laughs> very fun to play like there's just yeah. problems with these games that like make them a little bit difficult to put out now i haven't mentioned this yet but the wii style controls with the joy cons they work really well Oh, I'm shocked. Okay. Yeah, you just set down your your Joy Cons, let them calibrate, pick it up, and like you're you're just 
pointing at stuff and shooting like the, the face buttons become the the shooter buttons just like they were on the the Wii controller it's it's fascinating um I'm surprised like I I, I don't I don't play a lot of motion based switch games so I don't know I've heard that the, you know the kind of waggle pointer controls do work pretty well I, I remember that from early on but they, they certainly work well so there wouldn't be any hurdles there but it would be really fun to play Metroid Prime 3 with dual analog stick but yeah those games you know, like they just, they, they lack some magic that's going on with Prime. And I mentioned some of maybe why that is because of, you know, the, the, the solitariness and, and this, yeah. I think the single planet really helps, although yeah. who has that, I don't know. There's just something, something that they lack. So I'd rather see a Metroid Prime 4 try to capture a similar magic to one, even if it's very different than try to read then then I, I think I'd be more interested in that than revisiting two and three. Yeah. If, if, if I revisited two and three, it would only be because I never actually beat two. I found it impossibly difficult at the time to beat. It does get very difficult, which I like about it. You know what's neat is that there's a really cool set of armor that you get by the end of that game. There's like light suit is a really fun one where like Samus's like armor is all like shiny and pearlescent and white. It's like crazy. Oh, cool. And the other thing that game does that's like kind of insane is that they put them the space jump, just like what? How do you do this? And then you play the game, you're like, oh, that's how you do it. You can like the space jump, you like kill everything in a room in the 2D games, right? Like it's just, you're just super in real life at that point as in real life. I mean, this game, it's the same. It's like, oh, I'm going to cross this chasm by spinning in the air. And then it's like, oh, I want to mention a fun, cool thing that I think our Nintendo's out there, and I've never used that term before, would like. Um, Put that in the wiki guide for NBC. There's like really good scan um, background like world building stuff in metroid prime and one of the things it mentions is that when samus they're like you start picking up in the story of the space pirates are really scared of samus and like that's a really cool thing because they're like talking to each yeah. other and there's like you know like a little there's emails that's what it is you know? <laughs> and uh and you're reading their emails and one of their emails is like they try to make a morph ball work and they all crush each other and die and it's like <laughs> results results are like you know gory and terrible it's shocking <laughs> Because that you know it's playing off of like what the hell is happening with Samus in that morph ball mode like just yeah it's it doesn't make any sense you know and so I, I, I mean she's morphing thing. obviously so like that's <laughs> all, once you get that once you get that down but man yeah so Metroid Prime Four look th- look for that on shelves this October maybe <laughs> I hope everybody remembers this prediction now it's time to take a trip to the Meverse this is me doing a motion graphic of all the little me's coming in. I have some exciting, exciting news for this. Just, I'm just going to kick it off. Please. With uh, this copy of a promotional VHS <laughs> of the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask preview from Toys R Us with a little Banjo-Tooie, uh, oh, some backwards here, a little Banjo-Tooie extra preview. This is sealed. It's never been opened. Wow, you got a sealed one. Yeah. Are, are you I'm, sure the seaming is right on that seal? Well, I'll tell you what, it has the original mailing label on cool. the back. So cool. I know that it's easily legit. fakeable, though. Seth, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> that did get faked on the Pokemon box that that YouTube celebrity bought. Yeah, that's right. Well, this is the real deal. I bought it on Shop Goodwill because nobody <laughs> knew that it was there because that's nobody awesome. was looking. Nobody looks for VHS cassettes. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited as a VHS collector, but not. I, I'm actually more excited for this huge box of like van damme movies that my friend wow. former, former ign uh, seth you should look for the um uh the nes games packed in vhs 
the ones that are by the company Panesian. They're okay. the really rare games that have some nudes in them, so they're kind of scandalous, like Bubble Bath Babes and oh, and, and oh hot, yeah, those and are... hot slots. Those yeah. come in. Um, those come in uh, VHS containers, and so the best way to find them is thrifting for VHS. Okay, yeah, this is just uh, former IGN community manager manager Chris Abbott and I are still friends, and his uh, his baby mama, his wife was getting rid of all of her old action movies. So I have like cool. every one of the good cyborg universal soldier blood sport. There's a bunch of Seagal movies. So kids VHS collecting is a real thing and it's also real dumb. So don't <laughs> waste your time with it. Except for eventually I'm going to get wood paneling and this is going to be my rental store. I'm going to yeah. open it up. <laughs> but no, like this copy of blood sport is a rental copy. Like it's got the stickers on it that say uh, rated mm-hmm. R action. It's got the, uh, be kind rewind, rewind sticker on it like this came out oh, of a man. legit yeah so anyway that's, that's my me verse and it's only tangentially tangentially related to video games i throw it to you the panel how are things with you have you been playing anything tom have you been playing anything exciting has anything cool been happening in the world of tom well just this thursday morning i uh, as of recording this i published a review of wild hearts which it okay. is not on Switch, I don't believe. I think it's only on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. But it's like a Monster Hunter-style game from Koei Tecmo and Omega Force, published by EA. So it's like... well, And, and what I will say is if you have... Um, you know other consoles or a pc and you really 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 enjoyed rise for example uh, which was on switch um monster hunter rise then this is one to look at elsewhere for sure i don't think it would ever come to switch unfortunately even on pc apparently it's running really not well um but it's it's a very cool game for monster hunter the other thing on top of that is like it's just cool to see omega force branching out more and more like i'm not super familiar with them but omega force for a long time in my head was like only dynasty warriors um Mm. and now we've gotten persona 5 strikers which is very much more like a you know our action rpg and we've gotten this which is not anything like dynasty warriors right it's just cool to see that studio has range outside of because they make a lot of dynasty warriors games or spin-offs right yeah. so so it's cool yeah. to see their range more uh and maybe they've had this range already and i just haven't noticed but i am noticing it more at least and it's you know it's it's cool to see that i also just now that my review is done started uh fire emblem engage finally uh but i'm not oh nice. I'm not super deep into that yet okay i i quite like that game it's funny i actually have megaforce on vhs behind me so it's funny that you mentioned that's a real thing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I was just going to let that one linger. Um, I was hoping like Sam maybe was familiar with the movie Megaforce, but I, uh, I, I know about Megaforce cause Jared Petty used to always talk about it and tell me to see it, but I haven't seen it. It's what, what I will it. say, I'll, on, I'll loan you the VHS. What I will say on Fire Emblem, just so I don't, um, not talk about a Nintendo game at all here is, uh, <laughs> I, I'm only a few hours in, so I'm only like f- four or five chapters in or whatever. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it, but man, oh man, do I agree with Brendan's review in that this game is super fun and the story is so bad. I am, I, I can't handle how bad some of the writing is at oh, least early on. I, I'm surprised by how like anti 
people are at the store because for me i don't care at all it's i just like that the game is fun yeah yeah and, yeah, and that's why I just skip it. that's exactly and you can skip it and you can speed through it and i'm kind of just like getting the gist of conversations and, and moving on and just enjoying the combat and like the the combat itself is great it's really really great and i love the look of the game and the sound of the game and all that um but yeah the exposition in the writing is ridiculous it's like it's it's and i think the reason i people are bringing up or at least why it's notable to me is like i'm used to bad writing in a lot of games and this is seen it seems noticeably like for a major nintendo game noticeably worse to me and i don't know what specifically that is Hmm. and it's also so surprising coming off of three houses right which was so much about conversations that's what I was going to say. Do you think maybe it's just because you did like, and I think everybody maybe like for a lot of people, Fire Emblem Three Houses was their first three houses. And it did have this like famously interesting story if you're into that sort of thing. Right. And like a really robust sort of um, like lifestyle simulator yeah. sort of feel to it. Do you think that that might, it's just, uh, you know, how a, a, a cold day will feel so much better if, you, if you've been hot before? Yeah, I, I mean, I do think that the, the whiplash is real right and and again it is this sort of situation where like three houses did some things did story better but other things worse and this is doing you know certain things better like they feel very um complementary in different ways rather than like cut and dry this one is better or worse i think they're just people will enjoy one or the other more or less for that for different reasons but I'm I'm okay. still excited now that my Wild Hearts review is done. I'm really really excited to dig more into this because I am definitely enjoying it so far, and I do really really like Fire Emblem games. Yeah, it's super fun. I don't even like Fire Emblem. Uh, you know, it has a great story. Um, Megaforce. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey, what's new? Out. What's new in the world? Uh, I'm still, I I I'm still thinking about your rental store that you're gonna make in your basement, and that maybe. I might come to your shop this holiday season to get Metroid Prime. Oh yeah, I'm replacing the 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 door with saloon doors. <laughs> oh great! <laughs> you need a little slot for people to like return the game before noon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, uh, right now I'm uh, I'm still honestly riding the high from the Nintendo Direct last week, and I am just yeah. so deep into uh, Minish Cap. I'm playing mm. Legends of Zelda: The Minish Cap. Uh, have not played it since middle school when it came out. And I realize I don't think I ever even owned it. I think I just borrowed it from my friend. And I like don't think that I've, I don't think I beat it, but I remember so many things from the game that I must have been close. And to just have that little widescreen Game Boy Advance screen on my Switch, my launch Switch yeah. that's still kicking, it is so fun. God, I just, I just every moment it's just like I'm so glad I have the expansion pass online service. Yes. Um because Do you play it with the uh the filter on to make it look like a little pixelated LCD screen? No, right now I'm just playing the kind of default kind of normal, but I have been wanting to do the brightness all the way down to make it feel like I'm the Game Boy Advance where I need to use the street lamps of the street while I'm in a car <laughs> to try to see the screen. Um, because Game Boy Advance doesn't have a backlight. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I haven't played it on the TV, uh, which I just realized that's oh, instant Game man. Boy Advance big screen. Uh, but, it uh, looks I didn't have so that GameCube one. Good. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I had I, that GameCube adapter when I was younger and I loved it. Oh, 
Now we have it. Now we have it on Switch. I didn't even. Yeah. I realized it in real time just now. I was like, wait, <laughs> I can play Minish Cap on the TV. <laughs> I, I play my Switch probably ninety percent handheld, uh, and it just occurred to me that I could see the Minish Cap very. Ironically, the game is about you becoming very small, and so to see that very small on a small screen, very big on a big screen. <laughs> I really am. Uh, I brought my Switch today thinking I'd have time to play it at work, but let's be real. There's there's no, mm -hmm. we don't have time. But there's no time. I, I after I walk out. I do wonder how a game that was meant to be viewed on like a two inch screen looks on a 55 inch screen, right? Like, I'll tell you, on a 65 inch screen, it looks awesome. It mm. looks okay. super, super good. Good. I was like really surprised by how colorful. Like, I don't know who's handling the emulation. Um, I know M2 did the Sega Genesis emulation, which is the best emulation on that system. But man, I if you just like want to pop it into um, TV mode and just sit on your couch and like just be enveloped in it, it looks mm. gorgeous. That's good. That's good screen. to hear because you know, like I, I walked by someone watching the original Star Trek TV show the other day on like a 55 nice. inch TV screen and you could like oh. literally see the makeup on their face, right? Like it was yes. it, that thing. That show was never meant to be seen in that large and that high quality ever, right? When they were no. designing it. So it's nice to hear that <laughs> something like a Game Boy game can can get blown up and still hold up in, against today's TVs like that. Yeah, it's funny because Star Trek The Next Generation, same thing. They Since that was shot on film, they just made it HD. And now you can just like see the like bits of like trash on the floor that they're like, ah, right. no one will notice that. Yeah. <laughs> or like the the like tape where they, you know, they're supposed to find their mark to see. Wow. Like you can see that in some scenes. So, um, yeah, Jeffrey, I, if you go home today and do one thing <laughs> for yourself, I mean, have dinner, obviously, maybe take a bath, but play Minish Cap on your on your big screen TV and you'll be like, wow, it's it's so it's like unbelievably beautiful. And uh, I'd never played that game before. And I started it up and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be playing this one through to the end. And then oh, I yeah. started Octopath. <laughs> Sweet. I Sam, have you been? Oh, sorry, I, I never thought I'd play a Game Boy Advance game with an HDMI cable on a 4K 65 inch. But yeah, got to do it. <laughs> you've got to do it that was my dream I, I wanted these little games to be as big as humanly possible and you can only hold it so close to your face and it doesn't quite simulate that big screen <laughs> but sam what's new with you in the in the meverse these these days so you know got through prime but right before that i had gotten pretty into uh fire emblem and uh all the stuff that was said you know it was interesting to hear people's thoughts on that i will just add that it is the cutscenes in that game look so amazing and they look so shiny and cool. And again, like Metroid Prime Remastered also looks that good. It's like incredible looking work that Nintendo's doing internally on the Switch. I, I, I'm just aghast. And it makes me not afraid about Breath of the Wild 2, for example. Because yeah. like things can just look really good in those games. Um, I'm uh, What I'm most excited to play from last week's uh, deluge of new games is the Mario 3 levels that were added oh, that's right. into advance. I thought the world would be all chanting the words Mario. Well, we saw everybody from space celebrating that announcement, <laughs> uh, but they, that's they the haven't been. the second time we've mentioned that's, that on the show. <laughs> nice. 
but they haven't been. And I'm shocked. I think it's a huge deal that there's 40 Super Mario Brothers 3 levels that basically nobody has played unless they had yeah. baseball cards in 2002 or whatever. Yeah, could you maybe explain that a little bit to people who aren't familiar? Yeah, with like the, you had to have reader? this. First of all, it's Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3. Yep. Not confusing Poland, at all. Super Mario uh, Brothers. You had to have this Game Boy Advance game, and then you had to have the e-reader attachment for the Game Boy Advance, and then you had to buy packs of cards, which is, you know, let's face it, it's like loot boxes. It's gambling. Mm-hmm. You don't, you're not going to get the cards you want. So to play all the levels that you, you know, that are out there, you'd have to get, I think, cards for those levels because there's a Mario Three series. I don't know the details on that, but there's also an e-reader series for Animal Crossing, and so there's like these kind of like you know you kind of run these cards through unlock stuff in your game. Um, you know that they were they made custom levels for this, a, a game that had been you know out for ten years at that time. Yeah. It's a game from nineteen. Well, depending how you count, it was out in Japan '89, I believe. Yeah. But uh, uh, so uh, yeah, it's just it's just fascinating to me. I, I can't wait to play those levels. They're like the, it's uh, like Mario Maker, but Nintendo made them, and that's all I want out of my Mario Maker levels. How did the cards <laughs> work? Were they did they have magnetic media on them, or were they you know like uh, I think it's a barcodes? Barcode. Why didn't people just photocopy them and just hand them out? I mean, yeah, maybe. Well, hold on. There's some lawyers from Nintendo color. at my door right now. Maybe it was color and color printing was just so expensive that, at the time. That is also true. Yeah. Um, did you see the the wizard in the theaters? Are you old enough to have? Uh, seen? Yeah, I probably did. I saw it a million times around that time. So maybe. Yeah. Man, that was our first look at Super Mario Three. It was the, the day. It was, and I, I remember the 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 warp whistle and everything being revealed by that. And now I think back, yeah. and I think like how mad people would be that that's a spoiler. It's like people did not gaff back then. <laughs> well, how did my question is how did Jenny Lewis know? How did she know that there was a warp whistle and that Maybe, he needed? Well, I that think Kevin what we didn't see it. is that some earlier contestants found the warp whistle. So she was just encouraging. Uh, oh, oh, you must have read the, the novelization. <laughs> yes, exactly. Guess, um, no, I'm retconning it. I have no idea. Oh, man. Red, Red has got uh, this movie pulled up. This movie, man. I, I went and saw it with my friends in the theater, and we came out so incredibly excited and hyped about this. Movie. Oh, there's Jenny Lewis. She's, by the way, if you ever ask Jenny Lewis about The Wizard, she will walk away from you. Oh, really? She gets very mad. There's She's a, a very um, talented musician now. The, there was a live tour that was, you know, concurrent with this called the Nintendo World Championships, which I can yes. only imagine brought that giant metal clasping screen that opened up to show the oh, Nintendo World Championship cartridge that people beat on. No, but uh, that toured around and a really close friend of mine here in the Bay Area went and there's pictures of him with his NWC shirt and, you know, like pink polka dot shorts from the... <laughs> 90s it's great i wish i'd gone to one of those i did not get to go to one of those i wasn't even aware of that i think i read it about a nintendo power though yeah i lived in the extreme eastern part of maine back Mm -hmm. then so the closest it probably came was boston which would have been like an eight and a half or nine hour drive for my parents in our in our dodge caravan our (laughs) stick shift dodge caravan they weren't going to do that for me my parents had a dodge caravan too we were in phoenix though Uh, it was maroon yeah, well, I think they all were. <laughs> yeah, and they had maroon velour interiors that your mom's yeah, cigarette totally would just velour. ruin. Yeah. yeah, I think they're, they're you don't see them anymore. Like it'd be really cool to have a nice condition Dodge. Well, what happened was Lee Iacocca built in this this feature where uh, after they got exposed to the slightest bit of uh, salt, they turned to dust. They just <laughs> yeah. blew away into the wind. So. Definitely rusty. It, 
I know this has nothing to do with Nintendo, but like if you do find a Metro, uh, a Metroid, a, a caravan, they're actually like valuable now because there aren't any left. Because every like boomer mom and dad drove them into the ground. There are no Chevy Astros though. Those are really cool. I'm more of a Ford Econoline guy. Like Econolines are great. Move pinball machine. One of those. Where are we? Get me started on vans, everybody. Nintendo van chat. I feel like we've just been transported to a different time and place that I just I didn't know how we got here. The warp whistle was blown. About time and space. That's what happened. Use the warp whistle, Jenny lewis oh that's why she knew about the warp whistle because she's a talented musician <laughs> so she just knew um about it but uh that's cool i'm i'm excited because i've never played those e-reader games uh ever in fact i didn't even know about them until like much much later i've never even seen one of those yeah, i can't um, wait to see how it's presented for example like i think it's going to be presented in the way i mean this is stupid for me to speculate because i can just look at it but like i, I like how the the nes games or super nintendo games when they when they issue the challenges for them, sometimes they just unlock everything. Yeah, you know, the, the variants, and it sounds like you, you know that. That I think in these games, like basically once you unlock stuff in the menus, you save it, and then you, it saves. So that's what it'll be like, and I can't wait to check it out. Sweet, yeah. I'm. I mean, I sound like I'm complaining because oh my god, I got to play a video game before everybody else for the point of view. And I'm not at all. Like I love reviewing games. This is one of my favorite cool. things. But that look game this, just look took... at the screen. I love it. Oh, Mario's mallet. Press A button to start. So, um, wow. Yeah, but because I was playing like the super complicated JRPG, I had no time for any other game. So I'm like way behind. Like I played 10 minutes of Prime. I, I play. I was. I started uh, Chain Echoes before this review, which is really great. And I think Reb actually like just beat that game, which is pretty cool. And you should check it out. But like, you know, I started Minish Cap for five seconds on Jeffrey's uh, recommendation, just long enough to be like, wow, this is like a beautiful and 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 wonderful game and i'm excited to go back and play it so like i'm really looking forward now to um playing games just for the fun of playing games and not having a deadline in front of me except for i think i have another review lined up but that's okay i'm excited like i said i love review of games it's like my favorite part of of this job but unfortunately that brings us to the end of today's show uh before we go i have a few favors to ask of everybody if you are watching us on youtube leave a like and a nice comment if you're listening to us on a podcast app, please leave us a review. It helps us spread the good NVC word and we'll be forever in your debt. Also, FanFest is happening right now on IGN.com. So go to, make sure to check that out. But while you're at it, go to IGN store and check out the 40% off sale with the code FanFest. You're welcome, Justin Davis. Uh, special thanks to Sam and Tom for joining us. Uh, thanks for thank having you, me. Red, on the ones, yeah, absolutely. Uh, always a pleasure. Most of all, I want to thank you, the audience, for listening or watching. And please never forget, NBC is the only place where you can get the thing. I usually the, the you guys say it. Scoop. Oh. <laughs>